now on Historical Radio 947, a new series chronicling the story of two cousins who fought on opposing sides during the American Civil War, told through their own words and the letters they wrote home to their families. Dear Lemuel, Good news. I have been awarded a Medal of Honor for my actions during the Battle of Gettysburg. All our wounded were hiding behind a big boulder, but not me. I leapt on top of that rock where the air was alive with missiles of death and I stood there, blasting away with my musket. The wounded men were passing up loaded guns just as fast as I was emptying them. I got knocked off. I lost my right leg to a cannonball, but I crawled back up and I carried on firing. A hail of musket balls hit me in the belly, shrapnel in my left leg. My arm got blew off and my hair caught fire, but I still stood my ground, erect and fearless. I was so full of holes by the end of that day. Why, I looked like a sieve. So they used me to pan for gold. Yep. Guess the Lord God Almighty must have been shining down on me, though, because a big nugget of gold lodged in one of my exit wounds and has helped to raise desperately needed funds for the Confederate war effort. Dearest Edwin, this dang war is the biggest family feud there's ever been. Everyone fighting against their own bloodkin. Remember Annie Bessie? Or Bessie Bighorn McBean? What a woman. In fact, she was more like a whole bunch of big fat women rolled in a one. A whole dang herd of fat heifers. You know her husband disappeared? Well... I heard she sat on top of him whilst they were doing it and swallowed him up. But she's the bravest dang woman I ever saw. Led the Union charge at the first Battle of Bull Run. I remember her clutching those two old 74-inch Springfield single-shot muskets of hers, one in each chunky paw, and screaming like a banshee as she pounded towards the enemy line, like a big old crazy buffalo. Course, thing was those guns weighed ten pounds each, blew her straight back into her own front line like a big bouncing cannon ball of lard, wiped out a whole battalion of her own troops. Part two of that groundbreaking new historical series can be heard next week on Historical Radio 947. And now, comedy sketches with the electric head. My dearest homo sapiens, this is the voice of the electric head. Ensure that you tell no living soul the following information. I have come to warn you. 
I have uncovered a plot by a secret society to turn your planet into a giant fairy cake. Even now in a subterranean chamber, their minions are constructing a huge paper cake case they intend to wrap around the southern hemisphere. At strategic points around the globe, trained elephants with rocket packs are awaiting their signal to dive from the sky and pepper your land masses with huge multicolored sugar strands fired from their trunks. At the North Pole, an army of hypnotized Democrats are wielding two massive idiot mittens to construct a giant snowball that will be dyed red with a stolen haul of gazpacho soup so that it resembles a glacé cherry. They intend to destroy you all. This secret society had probed into another dimension populated by monstrous fat children at a birthday party. And in the coming days, when the membranes that divide your reality from theirs collide, the children will see the fairy cake, and you will all be consumed. Do not worry. There is a way to foil this evil plan. You must make the Earth look inedible. Fill the oceans with toxic waste. The atmosphere with fumes. Chop down your forests and cover your grasslands with tooth-splitting tarmac. Only when you have used all the means at your disposal to pollute the skies, oceans and lands of your planet will you and your children be saved from this horrid fate. My brother died. I blame myself. I shot him. Glorious seagull white buttock sandwich, glory hall Sinclair, and welcome to Hands on Art. But keep your hands off me, although I let Gilbert and George give me a spit roast. Now, this week I'm talking to Alice Cooper. No, not the popular shock rocker of your youth, but an artist. Now join me as we put our hands on a load of art. Mrs. Cooper. Pronto, Belmissio. Yes, well, before you tell us about this latest work, I'd like to talk a little bit about the community arts projects with which you've been involved. Your fray into this area has been regarded as somewhat of a disaster. You mean, of course, my packaging project in the village of Pontypandy. Yes. When you wrapped up the church, I hear some of the parishioners were a little taken aback when they arrived for the Sunday service. It was rather an ambitious project, Gloria, swathing the steeple, but I think it had the desired effect. Which was? To leave a lingering echo in the collective memory, Gloria. Well, I don't think many of the locals would forget that. <laughs> you know, towering over them. Exactly. It was a work intended to penetrate the public consciousness. Well, I think penetrate is the right word. In retrospect, do you think pink paper and purple ribbon may have been a mistake? Perhaps. And the umbrellas? Ah, 
The giant multicoloured umbrellas. Both aesthetically and conceptually beautiful, Gloria. As the sun rose over the red umbrellas lining the high street, so the shadows of the green ones on the roof of the town hall moved as gracefully as a sundial over the public toilets, until, like the slender fingers of a virgin, they caressed the yellow umbrellas circling the crack den. Unfortunately, I... I hadn't planned on the high winds. No, and neither it seemed had the good people of New Ponty Pandy when they were harpooned by a squadron of giant red umbrellas whilst waiting at the bus stop. I don't suppose they'd planned on reenacting the slasher version of Mary Poppins. No. Well, the school children outside the fish and chip shop skewered like giant kebabs. I don't suppose they'd planned on a high-speed javelin ride that afternoon. No. No, but I've moved on since then, Gloria, and we're here to discuss my latest piece. Your husband? Yes. Well, as was. I'm sorry? He is now a living sculpture. I see. From now on, every action of his daily life should be regarded as a work of art. <laughs> every action? Yes. Watch, watch in wonder, Gloria, as his chest rises and falls. See? Look, he's scratching his nostril. Or is he surreptitiously picking his nose? There's an underlying doubt. A certain je ne sais quoi. Indeed. Wait, wait. Listen to his flatulence. Isn't it awe-inspiring? So spontaneous. What's his name? Well, it was Chris Christopherson. But I've renamed him The Anguish of Living. I've even been packaging his bodily products. I see. I sent you some. You did? Yes, in the tin. Not not the tin with the French writing and the label. Murd Artista. Maybe? A homage to Piero Manzoni, Gloria. Not not homemade organic chocolate pudding. Homemade, yes. Organic, yes. Chocolate pudding, no. Right. I'm afraid I'm going to have to go use the bathroom. So, incitatus. <laughs> It says here on your card that you are the horse of the mad and debauched Roman Emperor Caligula. <laughs> your name means swift speeding, but you were originally called something else, weren't you? Would you like to tell us about that? <laughs> yes, your stable name was Porcellus, which means... <laughs> I know what it means. The little pig. Well, we'll keep that nickname our little secret, shall we? Now... You've never lost a race, and you had your own house and servants. Plus, you were made into a senator. Quite an honor. <laughs> well, incitatus. Let's play Celebrity Pandemonium Biscuit Tin. <laughs> Angela Lansbury, Jeff Goldblum, and Brian Dennehy. <laughs> Three celebrities sealed in a sensory deprivation chamber. Now, incitated, you're going to lower an object into the chamber and see if these celebrities, in turn, can tell us what it is. Are you ready? Well, incitatus, here we go. Brian? No, I'm afraid that's not the answer I'm looking for. Move on to Jeff Goldblum, please, incitatus. Jeff? Ooh, you're way off track there, I'm afraid. 
finally, Miss Lansbury. I'm sorry. No, it's the wrong act. This was a poem, what I wrote, based on a W.H. Auden classic you may recognise. Lock up the sluts. Cut off the telephone so that dog got bonked in barking can't ring me up and moan. Silence all the Tommy toys bleeping chirpy nursery rhymes. Wipe clean the slate that branded him with all those petty crimes. He was the tattoo on my bum, my Arsenal pants and vest, my scrunched up Mayfair calendar, my page free bit of breast, my tatty book of dirty jokes, my Viking drinking song, my lager top on Friday nights, my missus in a thong. Spray paint all the pigeons black and dip the dogs in tar. Dye the barmaid's pubic hair, he shagged her in my car. Print it in the Sunday sport, the front page of the sun. Switch off the midweek lottery. Some other buggers won. Hello, uh, Mr... Uh, uh, yes, nine o'clock. Uh, Mr Nine O'Clock? Uh, no, Karloff. Uh, nine o'clock, Karloff? No, Boris Karloff. Oh, Boris Karloff, you're my nine o'clock. Uh, yes. Oh, um, now, Mr Karloff, how long have you been on Job Seekers for? Oh, well, I've probably been claiming for about four minutes. Right. Do you think you might want to broaden your horizons? Well, what kind of work are you looking for? Well, it's funny you should say, actually, because my father was a taxidermist. Right. And recently, I've been thinking that maybe I could go into that business. I see. Now, listen, it says here on the form that you're a vegetarian. Would that not be a conflict of interest? I guess, well, you might think so, but no. I've actually come up with a solution that I think, I think works. Right. I, I brought this to show you. It's an aubergine. As you can see, I've taxidized it. I see. Right. Um, have you got any other skills you can offer? Well, I uh, suppose at a push I could burp the Macarena. Politics? No, 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 no. I tried that. It uh, didn't work out. Right. Have you got any vocational qualifications, Mr. Karloff? Apart from the Macarena? Yes, apart from the Macarena. Well, there is another idea that I've been toying with. Yes. See, I have this theory that if I could somehow construct a rocket and load it with matter-antimatter fuel yeah. and then attach a light sail to the rear of the rocket, position a satellite in space to shoot a laser at that rocket as it leaves the Earth's atmosphere, yeah. then that rocket could potentially reach a speed of 9.992% the speed of light. Right. Now, if the pilot of that rocket could proportionally slow it down, then the matter-antimatter would ignite, theoretically making it possible for that pilot to visit himself in his own future. Time travel. Indeed. You know what? I think you're in luck. I was looking through here. Uh, now, uh, the other... Yes. 
there is an opening in Slough. Really? Yes, it's come up. They're actually putting millions and millions of pounds into a time travel project. That there. sounds ideal. It sounds brilliant. Right, it says here, have you got a clean driver's license? Yes, clean as a whistle. Right, and, uh, oh, I'm afraid it involves a bit of shift work. Doesn't Would you be okay No, with that? that's absolutely fantastic. Right, yes, and it just says, uh, you know, how much experience have you got? Oh, well, I've dedicated my life to this project for the last 50 years. Right. Oh, well, I'm afraid it says here that you need at least 400 million years' experience. <laughs> 400 million? Yes. 400 million? I'm afraid so. Well, that, that isn't possible, though. Well, not if you've mastered time travel, is it? Right. It says on your CV here that, well, you seem to be quite a creative chap. Have you got any creative skills you could offer? I showed you the aubergine. Yes, Look, uh, you're obviously quite good with your hands. I don't know, manual skills or, or perhaps design? Actually, do you know Prometheus? Oh, little fellow, with a funny walk. Comes in on Tuesdays, friend of yours, is he? No, 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 no. Do you know uh, God? Well, there are a few. Yes, that's true. Let me put it simply. Yes. I can create life. You're going to have to be a bit more specific. How can I put this? I can create life. Can you be more specific? I can create life. Right. Life. I see. I'll show you. Okay. I brought it here in a jar. Right. I call him Smith and Jones. Right. There's only one of them, but I gave him two names. Why did you do that? Because I love him so much. What I did is I took a cell of my own DNA right. and injected it into some frog spawn. Right. And given time, this being could be nurtured and you know, made to become, quite possibly, the most supreme being that ever walked the face of the planet. Right, I see. Let me... Yes. Now, this could affect your benefit. Shit, I never thought of that. Yes. Look, have you consider had considered a position in retail? Uh... There's an opening in a toll puddle. You could start right away. Right, uh... Well, I suppose I'll have to do that. Right. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Uh, some people just don't want to find a job. Work shy bastard. My dearest Homo sapiens, you have been listening to The Electric Head, forcibly inserting thoughts directly into your cerebral cortex. Why not try me again in two weeks? I also make delicious popcorn. Honestly, for less information, log on to www.myspace.com slash theelectrichead. And remember, none of this is really happening. Thank you, and good night.
soon, my son. Very, very soon. <laughs>